Welcome to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighter mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their rollercoaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. If you find this show valuable, could you do me a favor? Rate and review the podcast, share it with your network so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. And for now, let's take the ride together. Hey, Genius Leaders, welcome to the show again. Uh, today will be a bit of a different kind of episode, and I'm doing it just in case my team cannot uh, do the editing as we usually do. So to explain the background, uh, we are recording now on February 25th, 2022. It's day two of uh, war of Putin's invasion in my home country. And that means that my team who are mostly there or one one of my team members is Ukrainian, lives abroad right now, but she's also busy trying to relocate her family away from the danger. And with all that in mind, I'm uh, trying to keep the operations going as much as possible and bring you value. And I don't want to put pressure on my team trying to produce anything. They have more important things to do right now. I'll keep supporting them. I'll keep paying them as long as it's possible with international payments. But that is why this episode might be unedited, might be super raw, You, as you've never heard anything like this on, on this show. Just for you to have some understanding for that, and I hope you'll support that. And today I'm talking to Henrik. We have already talked to him before, and you will hear that episode two weeks away from now. Henrik Fabrin is the CEO and the founder of Certainly, a Danish-based company. And with him, we'll be discussing the effects of self-care and prioritizing yourself first on the people around you, on the productivity, and on the business. So Henrik, welcome to the show. Thank you, Anna. I'm happy we get to do this, even though the circumstances are not ideal. But, um, yeah, let's, let's get the most of it. Yeah, let's let's do it. And I think this is extra important with self-leadership right now because so many people are in fear. So many people are affected by this uncertainty. And I mean, outside of Ukraine, within Ukraine, it's obvious uh, how, how life is just disrupted right now all over the country. But that's what I mean. I want to keep providing value to my audience. I want to this to be the platform people can come and ground and remind themselves what is important and what they can do. And that's exactly what we'll be, we'll be talking with you today about uh, how, what we can do as leaders to actually be sustainable and to lead our business and our, and our people, first and foremost, in a sustainable way. So, Henrik, uh, you, in the live stream that we'll be releasing in two weeks, talked about that you started taking care of yourself a bit more. And for you, the cornerstone habit was sleep and how you, you really paid all attention and double down on your efforts to go to bed on time so that you would get enough sleep. And I would like to dive deeper into that conversation. When you started redesigning your life somehow to fit more sleep in, how did that affect how you showed up for the others? How did it affect you at work as a leader, as a co-founder? Uh, and how did it affect other areas of your life? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, I think it's an underrated, underappreciated area. Um, sleep. I also do think it's get, it's getting more attention. Um, it's a background on me. I've 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 never in the weekend either growing up or or I've never slept long. I've always thought sleep was a little bit boring. So I always woken up early, and my fiance and uh, you know it's always been me waking up early and then being a couple of hours in the bed in the weekends while she's in or something so it's always been a little bit boring and i see the same now six year old son he doesn't want to sleep he think he's uh he's more like batman so he he can stay up all night 
um, <laughs> and that's fine. But I've also I've I have also realized the other side of it, where if you get enough sleep, and that can be a little bit individual, how much that is. Mm. But I I feel so different uh, from whether I've gotten enough sleep or not. For, for example, today, yesterday, I didn't get enough sleep, so I can mm. feel I'm I'm. I'm like 70% there. Mm-hmm. Um, and am I, uh, so I'm great at some stuff, but also I'm endlessly flawed as well. And so, and some of these sort of coping strategies I have for with stress or different kinds of, you know, pressure, anything from sleeping less, working more hours or, or eating chocolate or these type of things. Um, and, and if I've, I just found when I, if I try to fix some of these, things the more i'm in a good place easier it is only not only to fix the bad habit you have but also to make take better decisions be more patient with others more show more empathy you know, all mm. these different things and i just found that those two things really made a huge impact one was just getting enough sleep so forcing myself to sleep earlier in the evening because mm. you have to get up around the same time also when you have small kids mm. and that makes a huge difference in a way where you you are just more alert. You're more, I think, everything. You're more patient and you show more empathy. You make better decisions. And of course, like I'm rebuilding this company. The better I my business to take good decisions or show empathy with others instead of the better. And not only in business, but also at home. I mean, I think anyone in the audience that have small kids know how how that can also be a challenge for for the, the, the parents. And that's a new mm-hmm. thing. And lose of sleep is is a big source of conflict. And, and just not you're not you're not a really nice person if you haven't slept for six months, right? So yeah. so sleep really impacts that positively. And I I could see that like you said in the beginning that uh, so the root cause, the first thing to fix was that because if I got enough sleep, it was easier for me to be a better person, take better decisions, not eat that chocolate at 10 o'clock at night because I was just mm. stretched out or something like that. So it, it, it's the foundation for taking better decisions throughout the day. That's one side. The other one is, similarly, I've always done a lot of sports, but I realized if I do sports in the morning, that is equally uh, an energizer for the rest of the day. So I could... If I have to put in one hour more of X in the morning, it's either sleep or exercise. Mm. If I just do one of those two, I have a much better day. And of course, if you have a better day, then you also take better decisions that will in, uh, impact the day after. And then that's how it compounds over time. right? Mm. And, and that's, that's a really nice place to be in for as long as that goes. Then, of course, you get under pressure and then you just roll back and then start all over again. Yeah, but... What what you're saying, like when you roll back, when you have this memory in your body and your mind, how it was, it's easier to actually get back to it because you you strive for that. You know how well you felt, how how much more productive you you acted during the day, and you as you said, there was more empathy, more patience, and so on. So it felt good. And when you slip off the track, which we all do, no matter how how guru we are in productivity, in self care, or whatever, mm. we all slip. But that's this memory keeps it keeps us going back easier. And also it 
it's it's like with everything when you have been training and then you take a break yes you start from maybe point, point zero depending on how long you didn't train but your learning curve or your progress curve is much quicker because your body has that in your memory in its memory the same, same with the languages people say like oh yeah i lived in spain and then i haven't talked uh, spanish for years so all, it's all forgotten right now but no that person when they come to spain and they're there for a couple of days they pick it up and they start talking they don't need to stay there for three months learning language from zero again so this is what we can do by this compound effect what you're talking mm. about by doing those small shifts and really sticking with them so that they are actually ingrained in our memory and our body and our mind want to go back to that whenever we sleep <clears throat> yes exactly and 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 I think on top of that, just being kind to yourself when you slip, because you will don't hit yourself over the head. Being kind, mm-hmm. notice it, and then because then you remember, oh, there's also this good habit, and and uh, and you're right. It, it's a little bit easier at the time because you've done it before. You've gone into the good path before. Then when you mm-hmm. come off that path, it's a little bit easier to come back in. <clears throat> one of the things that one of the tricks that I always use is that it's kind of like the it's the actual act of just doing it. That is difficult. Once you're in, in the exercise or have gone to sleep, then it's easy. Mm-hmm. So a trick I do to get myself over that kind of reluctance or resistance is to just imagine the the actual journey of doing of exercise. So remember how I felt afterwards the rest of the day. And that is enough motivation for me to sort of get over that little bump that is sometimes yeah. so high that I never get, I never do it. If that makes sense. Absolutely. I, uh, there are so many people who say that the first step is the hardest or is the longest, right? And and our job is to simplify that for ourselves, to make that stop smaller, to make that bump lower so that it's easier for us and less scary to step over it. And mm. that, that's where I'm talking about the power of micro steps. How can you really break this task down to something that is not scary anymore as the first step? And maybe if you want to get into the uh, training practice or uh, routine, uh, the first step might be just buying sports shoes or just putting them out so that you see them every day. So it's not about uh, even starting training and training just for five minutes. But then when you gradually get into the habit of getting into those clothes and just walking around at home in those, then maybe the first step will be to do one minute of exercises. Just last week, I've been talking to one of my clients about that. Like he's saying, once the snow is gone, I will go out jogging. It's like, why can't you train at home? And he exactly. And I said, okay, your task is doing one minute of some exercising that actually makes your heart beat faster. One minute per day. That's it. You've done your work then. Exactly. And and you can actually use this strategy for many other things. This is some a task or something you want to do that, oh my God, it sounds looks like a mountain. Mm-hmm. But you know you have to do it. Let's say, okay, well, just do it for one minute or five minutes, and then that's fine. Because mm-hmm. but then one then you're actually doing it. Then yeah. most more often than not, you just continue and then completing it. So it's just mm-hmm. a little game you play with yourself to get you over the threshold. So I agree with that. One minute, just do it for one minute. And then one is done, and then you're already you over that bump, and then it's it is it is actually easier. Hey genius leader, I'm chiming in here quickly to ask you to do one thing for me. If you're enjoying this episode, share it with one person who you think would find it valuable as well. Let's spread the goodness together so that more people can play within their zone of genius. We have the saying in Ukraine that fear has big eyes. And that's the thing. When we let ourselves look through the lens of fear at whatever is in front of us, then the things become very big. But that's the thing. Practice and, and find the tools that work for you to take off that lens of fear. And then it will be easier to see those smaller steps. 
so that you can actually take that first step. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good analogy. Henrik, I would like to go a bit deeper into the um, culture at certainly and how you're taking care of yourself has affected it or not. Did your employees notice any change once you started um, implementing those self-care uh, priorities? Did you openly talk about that? What's the story there? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I guess you have to ask the, the team as well. But I guess I'm very open about it. because I, I, It's because I believe in a culture where you can, if you want people to, to own up to their mistakes or where they're not perfect, etc., they also have to have the opportunity to own their success, right? So if you're allowed to say, yes, I did this. I Yes, I'm, well, yeah, I did this. And then it's also easier to say, well, I really messed up here or I was not perfect or had this challenge at home that makes me not do X, Y, Z really well. So to be creating that culture has to somehow be also led from the top. So I'm, I've, I've many times talked about it where, where I've not been in a good place or something, and but also in a balanced way because they also, a lot of us, of course, want to want to be here and sort of be led, right, by, by a leader. So it's a balance. Um, but to show that you're fragile and you you mistakes and you are in, impacted by how you sleep or your exercise or said, of course, the more you can sort of show the way there, then, then the, the team also uh, understands that. And also our team here, we we have a, we like, I think we have different personalities and mm-hmm. from people just straight out of university in the 20s to people who've been on the job market for 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. especially the ones that are in the 20s, they, they really, um, they get in, I think they get inspired by this this kind of openness and transparency because they're still finding their, trying to find the way establishing themselves. And a while like that, oh no, you know, the, the imposter system, syndrome can, can be more, uh, explicit when you're when you're younger, and as you mm. grow up and you become more comfortable in your own skin, that's fine. So I think it's important in the culture to to show that. Yeah, yeah, it's important to lead by uh, by your own way. Was it ever uncomfortable to you to start talking about the your fragility, if that's the <coughs> word, the noun? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because how you did you make that first step smaller so that it would not be as as scary to open up? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I make made it shorter, but I I think I I realized that it's it's actually more of a power and a strength to be open about saying yes. Well, I'm not perfect, or it's also easy for the other side to understand why X Y Z went wrong. And I think mm-hmm. when I started out, so I've, I've been an entrepreneur for twelve years. So when I started out, then of course I thought I had to be brilliant at everything, and mm-hmm. you know. Nothing, nothing goes slips through the cracks. Where now it's more no, it's, it's a, we have to support each other. And so I guess earlier I was focused on sort of increasing my skills in every aspect. Where now I'm more focused on what is it I'm really good at that gives me energy, and then because then I can impact the the, the rest of the team even even better. Did that answer your question? Yeah, in a way, uh, it also shows that you, you you are opening up the way for others to explore what is their zone of genius, what gives them energy, mm-hmm. and that yeah. when there is the space for that exploration and the, there is the authority, so to say, in the culture uh, within the organization to to step into the zone of genius when people have found it, that is what creates sustainable culture, sustainable companies. Mm-hmm. And 
it does, but but also that is it's not. It's, it, don't be mistaken. We're a commercial organization, so yeah. we're also a team, and one of everyone will want them to be at the best performance you know, all the time. Yeah. So you can't have them burn out, and you want to have them grow. With that, also comes a awareness of where you're not great and where you need to improve and what you're really good at. And I think there's this culture-wise, there's a difference between whether you think of your organization or as a family. Because to me, a family is your it. No matter what happens, you're always there. Where mm-hmm. if your organization is more as a team, you support and help everyone. Everyone also has some responsibility to grow and and you know and these type of things to be part of that team and for me that that's a that's a difference but it's, it's actually a great thing because it also fuels fuels more personal growth but within that being fragile and open about what you're not great at or where you you know where you can improve is takes self-awareness and i think self-awareness is ultimately a, a fantastic thing to have how do you practice getting more self-aware personally yeah i think it's I think I've always been like that. Mm. I think that ability to to look at your actions from the outside, and and then the things as you as you do them, like I said before, where oh you slip back. Well, okay, I noticed I slipped back. Don't hit myself over the head, but okay. So how do I get back on on track again? That kind of self self awareness is I think is very important. That would be maybe not a. Um... The most encouraging answer for the genius leaders who feel like, yeah, I don't have it with me. How how the hell do I train that? But <laughs> I think you also gave the answers of what you can practice and, and strive for and look for because those are definitely the the treats that everyone can train if they have interest in other people and they have interest in developing themselves. Yeah, I, I, yeah maybe I was incorrect. I think something that have been so I've always been curious about how people function. So there's a natural curiosity in this. And then I remember in university and some of the classes we had about some of these aspects made me realize, ah, there's like a, you are you, but you can also step outside and look at what you do. And that that mm-hmm. clicked for me in university. And I'll always remember that. And then because I'm curious mm-hmm. about it, then I, I sort of tend to do that. But at the same time, I have a million blind spots where I didn't realize that I didn't do it, right? So it's it's a combination, I guess. Nobody's perfect. And I'm very grateful, Henrik, that you're actually emphasizing that. I think you've done it already twice or three times, that uh, who, whoever your role model is, the genius leader, they all have their blind spots. And look for those who are actually openly talking about them, because those are the people from whom you can actually learn most. Because mm-hmm. you're not only learning from their successes and the highlights in their stories on Instagram or whatever it is. No, you're also learning from the things that they have messed up things that they have had to learn from uh, in, a, in a hard way. And, and those are valuable, precious experiences for you to learn from. <clears throat> exactly. And you, there's all the success stories of the, the fantastic, successful entrepreneurs or something where it just success, success, success. But this, this is difficult. It's, a, it's dangerous to just look for those and then try to learn from that because that's mm-hmm. not how 99% of all others get to it. So, yeah. So it's more interesting to look at the ones that struggled and was on a direct path and then try to absorb some of that. So those learnings along the way, that's infinitely more interesting and, and yeah, rewarding, I guess. Henrik, I want to be mindful of the time. Last time I actually <laughs> kept you and other guests of the panel uh, longer than, uh, than we agreed to. And I want to not repeat my mistake there. 
So I am very, very grateful for your participation in the panel and for your open conversation today. I think it was short, but very, very valuable. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more growth of certainly and of yours as a leader. And uh, please let me know if I can anyhow support you and let our audience know if they can anyhow support you or reach out to collaborate with you guys. Yeah, of course. And we and thanks for the opportunity to, to talk about this and just, just uh, yeah. Keep up the good work, Anna. You're doing really, really important stuff here. Thank you, Henrik. Uh, Dear Genius Leaders, I'm thankful to you as well for being part of this platform and this community. Take care of yourself. Take care of your dear ones. Don't panic. Breathe, move. Those are the important parts. And help to the degree that you can. But really never feel that you... Never blame yourself for trying to live your life while there is some struggle somewhere else in the world. This is only serving people who want others to suffer. And yeah, you don't want to serve those people. So take care of yourself, help where you can. But first of all, take care of yourself, okay? Thank you for listening and talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. For more conversations about living and leading from your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything 